elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 353. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jane. As always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the Smoking Pod studio. Sitting to my right, guest host for the week, ladies and gentlemen, he writes comics and he knows toys. Our very good friend, Mr. Sam Noir. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. Really had to talk about the Mandalorian. It's wonderful to have you here to talk about the Mandalorian. Uh, Sam literally just finished episode five, which uh, of course just came out two days ago. We didn't get to see it on Friday because we were at the Fan Expo Holiday Market. Right? Yeah, that's, that's great the time. New name, that right? is, I think that's that's the new name, yeah. Right, for the past few years, it's been known as the Fan Expo Fan, Fan Days. Days, which I thought was kind of cool. In yeah, my head, yeah. it was al- always like D-A-Z-E. Yeah, and it was like non-denominational non, yeah. uh, de- uh, Christmas or, you know, holiday celebration. It's a holiday celebration. party, and it's a very, yeah. very cool one-day show that happens down at the Metro Convention Center and they uh, here in Toronto, and they, well... Next door in Toronto. I got to get used to the fact that I'm freshly on the mountain here in the Hammer now. Beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. But over in Toronto there, Toronto, um, the Metro Toronto Convention Center, and they cordon off a really tiny corner of the one south building, really yeah. tiny, and they have this one-day holiday like shop-and-drop event where it, you come, and it's a little mini version, mini, mini, mini version of <laughs> Fan Expo, and a lot of very cool local artists and vendors, and, you know, the cosplayers go crazy because they're all festive, and they're all, you know, decked out in garland and tinsel and Santa Everyone hats. was, like, some mashup uh, Santa, you know? It, it takes it to a crazy height because cosplayers, especially in the areas that they congregate, uh, it's already colorful and crazy enough, but mm-hmm. then you throw in Santa hats on everybody and bells oh, yeah. and whistles. It, it turns it, it takes it to another level of uh, of fantastic festive joy. You can't help but uh, be like the uh, the five hundred one is there, and they have the emperor's chair set up with the emperor set for the <laughs> throne room, and that's where Santa sits. You oh, go yeah. get your picture on Santa's knee on the emperor's throne. And, you know, how much cooler could it be than that? Right? My four-month-old nephew had his first Santa picture Aww. yesterday on That's... Santa's lap on the Emperor's throne, surrounded by the, the wonderful 501st. That's that's great. They're good people. They, they always are. have such fun setups, and they had the uh, Blaster Trooper going for charity. And it's for charity. That's yeah. that's the great thing. And they've got the music. When you walk into the lobby where most of the cosplayers congregate, the, they got, they're playing carols, oh, and they're yeah. playing Christmas music, and it's old 50s tunes. They and get into it. It's a beautiful, wonderful atmosphere. So I was there, repping Source Point Press up here in the northern area. Um, Mr. Sean Daly, Mr. Devin Wong were hanging out with us there and editor-in-chief himself mr travis mcintyre uh he made the trip all the way up here Yay! 
Now, can you believe that shit? It's so hard to get him out of anywhere. And uh, Would you, he's doing less and less shows as Source Point kind of morphs into something where he couldn't do a show every His time is, his is best spent in higher thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about the special moment you had? Uh, oh, that's right. We should yeah, Because I'm excited about on, this. On Friday night, something very, very special happened. Uh, uh, Travis McIntyre, editor-in-chief of Source Point Press, who I just mentioned not two seconds ago uh he contacted me weeks ago and we were going to do the show and he said i'm coming up for the holiday show and i was like really i mean this is a one-day show uh it's like 11 to 5 <laughs> it's like why are you coming up like i got this right and he's like uh, I, I, I got a meeting thing uh, just keep friday night open keep the friday evening of the sixth open and i'm like okay like no problem let's do that right and it's my work christmas party I found oh. out afterwards, and I was like, I'm sorry, guys, can't make it, because <laughs> I knew if Travis was playing a surprise, it had to be yeah. cool. So now, how went, do tree people party, just as a, a quick aside? They just went to a pub, like a pub, like okay. a restaurant. Okay, so the, the usual know, manner. Steak and beer, manly stuff. Sounds like you uh, made out better on this deal. Uh, personally, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you asked any of them, they'd probably think I was crazy <laughs> for missing the good times. But, uh, you know, I, it, this was something very special. So uh, we went downtown. We went to the Loose Moose and had a pint. And then we were supposed to meet up for dinner at Scatterbush. And we go outside Loose Moose. And there's an older gentleman standing there. And Travis turns <laughs> to me and he says, ladies, uh, I was to say ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right, yeah, no. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Clark, this is... Presenting. Mr. Yeah, but he's like, uh, Jay, this is Roger Christian. And I know the name instantly, but I'm not exactly familiar with it at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know that fucking name. Why do I know that name? Yeah. So, of course, they start walking, right? And I pull out my Google quick because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know that fucking name, right? And you of all people sitting here it's surrounded name, by... It's a name you've heard a billion times, but mm -hmm. like... You know, but it's not Ralph McQuarrie. It's no, not Joe it's, Johnson. Yeah, and, you it's know, not it's... one of the ones that you know stick out uh, as some others do for various things. Um, but then I, I looked and I realized he's the art director for Star Wars, and I was like, oh my god, the Academy Award-winning art director for Star Wars, uh, not just Star Wars, but Aliens. Was it Aliens or Alien? I think it was Aliens. I don't know. Either way. One of them alien movies, but we're here to talk about Star Wars. Um, so I was, you know, I was very impressed with that, of course. I was like, this is insane. But then as he started to tell me stories over dinner, um, I realized how much involvement and input this individual actually had. Because when you hear art director or set director, we don't quite always understand what the various roles in making a motion picture mean and what duties actually fall under that right and it can be an, an umbrella term depending on the budget of the movie as exactly. well like you know it, it, some people actually are really hands-on while others are sort of supervising absolutely and that and it turns out the art director does a lot of hands-on things as you say and he was responsible for things such as getting the lightsaber made and this was exciting to you. R2-D2. Like, when I hear art or set director, yeah, it's more of a general, you do this. But no, mm -hmm. he hands-on had to create a lightsaber and R2-D2 and the sets and the art and the backdrops and the vehicles and this and that. And it was two hours of the most insane stories I've ever heard about Star Wars. No. So much of what we think to be true is not necessarily <laughs> the complete like version of yeah. things, right? I mean, this is the guy, This he was the third human hired to work on Star Wars, right? So this mm -hmm. is an important, you know, role. He's going to take 
what Macquarie did and do everything he can to bring that to life under George's direction, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is probably the only human being I've ever sat and had dinner with that probably had George Lucas's uh, phone number <laughs> in his phone, in his pocket. That's the closest I've probably ever been to George <laughs> Lucas's actual phone number existing somewhere. Now, the excitement I mean? for you, uh, looking around the, the basement studios here... Surrounded by lightsabers. Surrounded by 84 lightsabers. I have almost every toy lightsaber ever made. Um, it's getting... I'm, I'm, I'm not as up to date because of all the new stuff coming out. But, you know, they did a lucky thing where they just gave Rey Luke's lightsaber. There was, mm -hmm. you know, Kylo's was the only new lightsaber made for the movies. Yeah. Right? I was expecting new movies, new lightsabers. And yeah, then yeah. they were like, no, we're just going to use that old one you already have eight <laughs> versions of, right? Where I've actually had most of my lightsabers over the past few years have been ones made from the cartoons, mm -hmm. right? Like Ezra's blaster lightsaber yeah. and Kanan's lightsaber, right? Rebels, so those, Yeah, those Clone are the, Wars. kind of the recent ones. And I did just buy the, the Scream Saber that just came out oh, wow. recently. It makes uh, like Wookiee noises and it records your own voice. So when you light up the oh, lightsaber, awesome. it can be like you, you know what I mean? Nice. Saying something. So you light it up and it's like, damn bitch or something. What's like that. the new you cartoon I mean? as well? There's a new cartoon that's sort of uh webtoon, I, I think. I'm Do you know what the, the, the what rebel is it? Rebel of? Alliance. Oh, the resistance, the resistance. Yeah, right. sorry I about that. I have actually yet to watch that. Yeah, me neither. Um, it didn't make much of a stir. I do like I the mean? designs. I've seen like I the think toys. That's actually what's tough for people. And because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that looks weird. It almost reminds me of Reboot. Yeah, no, from absolutely. Back in the day. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to have to watch it at some point eventually because I'm sure there's nuggets of information in there. But we are far too distracted by what's going on <laughs> with The Mandalorian. Yes. Um, goodness me. So we both have freshly today watched episode five, the most recent episode to come out, The Gunslinger. Uh, it again did not disappoint. No. Th this show, uh, I'll give you a first general reaction. And that's um, why, like, at least the, as to why I like it, because everybody likes it. I love its simplicity. I love that it's not trying super hard to do anything but be a fun story and please the fans. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's unabashed fan service, yes. but done in the most, uh, you know, in a precise way, yeah. in a very intelligent way, where they're almost using that as part of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, it, the nostalgia itself is helping uh, just show you the universe. We don't necessarily, this universe is so interesting. We don't necessarily need to see all the grandeur things that are going on yeah. politically. There's or weird socially. things happening in weird corners. Yeah. And, and back alleys. Right. But this is, yeah, it's such a simple story going on in, uh, in a world we're learning more about what we already know. Like we went back to the cantina. And of course, <laughs> spoilers massive amounts of spoilers i mean if you're tuning into this uh, conversation about the mandalorian i hope you don't expect it to be an hour-long conversation without spoilers because that's nonsense um i'm a fan that's happily being serviced right now in a wonderful way yeah. and and i and it's the fact that they're not trying to hide or mess with the tropes that they're playing with it's mm -hmm. obviously based on lone wolf and cub it's yeah. obviously based on old cowboy movies sergi leone westerns even before that man yeah. like that whole sand well all the tropes chase, 
was the, the train chase. Yeah, right? wagon wagon great train, train robbery. Great man. train robbery. Buster wagon shit. wagon train. And did you notice like there's there's an homage to Indy right there when the Mandalorian's oh, yeah. on the side and he's about to get his head taken off by the rock, just like Indy on the tank. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, their heads bop up the exact same way. And you know, the, not just using the cantina in the last episode, but having mm-hmm. a, I, forgive me, I don't remember the guy's new name that new yeah, character. the the young yeah. hot shot that wants yeah. to unseat the gunslinger, make, make his name. Yeah, he was the gunslinger. Yeah, this either is the, way, this he's is sitting in Han Solo's spot with his <laughs> legs up, just like fucking Han. And oh, it, was, yeah. it was just ridiculous how you know flat outly obvious they're being which is almost mm-hmm. makes it better to take you know and and uh, i think i pointed out uh, the fun part of that scene is uh because they didn't used to serve droids we don't serve their kind yes. there yeah a droid is now behind the bar, behind the bar so the, yeah. a droid is is serving everyone behind yeah. the bar now and i like what a bit of a dark look it was at tatooine like it was exciting enough like the it starts off with the amazing uh, little space fight there the little dog yes fight going yes on, and then he ends up on tatooine i did not expect to see tatooine in the show yeah and you know maz eisley cantina maz eisley come on in the line mm-hmm. awesome right yeah so he goes on in and then that's when we finally see what we've been seeing in since the original trailer i think was the stormtrooper helmets yeah all on bloody pikes. and broken on pikes and stuff you know just to show uh, you what you side heads in them because they're they oh, are yeah, bloody they're, helmets they're, it looks like there's like entrails or something hanging out well like... there were scarves and stuff wrapped oh around okay it too, yeah right? rope and stuff yeah, i don't but... know if star wars would go as far as you know entrails they... and inside well <laughs> was that string okay because I, I just assumed it i was think it was entrails. just like scarfage right. you know what i mean yeah like, just it like like torn material is a very important, mm-hmm. you know, aspect to the to the veneer of Star Wars. I think that's <laughs> the great thing about helmets. Yeah, totally. Basically, they can go either way with it, and I know uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, the fort fortuitous thing was if you want there to be heads in it, it, it gets frightening. Uh, if you want to keep PG and just have it as a helmet, that works as well. Well, the, the, that it just shows them that. Yeah. Uh, Tatooine, obviously, uh, you know, where they fell in the uh, I like post. that they cement home a little bit more how Outer Rim it is because yes. it was, you know, it was supposed to be really on the outskirts. Yeah, yeah, that's why know? they hid And then Luke we got Skywalker a little too there. familiar going back there a few too many times. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, episode absolutely. two gave it a little bit of feel. I mean, remember in episode two at the end when Jango Fett does get his head off? Oh, head yeah, cut that's off, right. But you only see the head come away from the helmet in the shadow. Yeah, you're right, you you're right. Sheds. There's it's never any blood. Shot. That's the thing. Yeah, but the but, Tusken Raiders, like they run into the, he runs into oh, the Tusken yeah. Raiders and then negotiates with Shows him. what a badass he is. Yeah, and kind of uh, what he knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So This is all comfort food, don't you think? Like, I that's feel... It is. Absolutely. Yeah, these are all tropes, but here's the other thing that I was thinking. Okay, think Toy Story. Basically, that's about the spaceman usurping the cowboy in popular culture. And I think 1977, that kind of happened. It was the last hurrah of the Westerns via, let's say, Sergio Leone and that. And then after Star Wars, uh, there were still a few good Westerns, you know, Unforgiven, Silverado, et cetera, et cetera. But as a genre, as a whole, you know, it was sci-fi space opera from from then on there. Sam. It's deep, man. Yeah. It just went somewhere. Well, Toy Story exists as a metaphor for what Star Wars did in popular culture. Yeah. 
totally. But, you know, you and I are familiar with it. You know, our dads love that stuff. And the great thing is a new generation is being introduced to these wonderful tropes. You know, there's something comforting about these stories of, you know, the village that needs a defender or the fact that, uh, you know, we all knew uh, when he took the bounty uh, to them that because he's a foundling himself, he would break out baby Yoda. Yeah. And it would become Lone Wolf and Cup. Yeah. And the samurai, all the samurai stuff, that's a trope. The young uh, gunslinger, the young samurai who tries to make his name by taking down, you know, the Ronin. Totally, totally. It's, it was, okay, so as I say, it was a very simple story from the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. and we get to see some very cool stuff like the Mandalorian clan on unto itself kind of hiding there. Yeah. Only one goes out at a time. We learn about their structure. Um, and then, of course... Out of this simple little story that looks so beautiful comes this still, as much as we're getting, you know, if any of you are, I think you're heartless people. But if you <laughs> are getting sick of Baby Yoda, you know, I still don't think you're grasping the the importance of how many questions this yeah. really does bring up. So out of this simple story and this simple situation, none of us expected. We expected what we were getting uh, for the first until we met Baby Yoda mm-hmm. was exactly what we expected and yeah. it was done badass and it was going to be the small little fucking gunslinger show with a fucking mm-hmm. mandalorian you know yeah we thought he'd be Clint Eastwood. No name. yeah but then they go in and they throw in baby yoda which so, is really in the grand scheme of things a huge deal when it comes to how is this gonna work now because this is something that cannot not affect the entire galaxy, mm-hmm. unless, say, the end of the show, Baby Yoda goes into hiding and then isn't seen again for 500 <laughs> years. Like, or are they going to be able to cut off this character of such popularity now? Or are how where are we going to go in the future? Because also, this ties into a Mandalorian chat that just the other day, it was pretty much officially announced that uh, Daisy Ridley... John Boyega and uh, Oscar Isaac will not be reprising these roles. This Good. is not something where Ray's going to continue as our new yeah. hero, right? We, so all we this need passing end the, the torch story. nonsense was kind of ridiculous yeah. as much as they always talked about that. When the adventure right? is over, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the adventure over. You know over Ray's not going to die. No. So how does that? how is that going to work? Where do, do you really think the Star Wars fans are just going to accept that Ray's <laughs> out there somewhere and never gets brought into you know the canon again like. well here's here's the thing we're never going to see them those actors necessarily playing them on film supposedly but come on there's going to be novels there's going to be comic books oh, obviously, there's going to be role but how do you not bring them back into, into tv shows and like look yeah. look at obi-wan you and mcgregor you know is happily it seems but still pulled mm-hmm. back in right like there's no denying that after in 10 years 15 years, these kids that have watched these three yeah. are going to be like the ones that have grown up now, the 20-year-olds who remember Phantom Menace, and that's their Star Wars. Yeah. These ones are going to remember these ones and oh, be like, yeah. how come Ray doesn't come back? What, are we going to then have Ray come back as older Ray who's just been <laughs> hiding in the galaxy for 20 years? This just opens yeah. so much shit. We'll like, never say never as well, right? Yeah. Like, it could last X amount of years, and then a new regime at Disney comes in. Right. You know, Lucas himself said no, no, no to co- going back to Star Wars, and then he went back. 
He said no about know? a lot, including addressing Yoda and his species. Oh, yeah. So, uh, of course, the question being, is this Yoda or is this, you know, another of his species? Mm-hmm. And it, it is a clone doctor. He's got the Camino patch on his arm. And he's obviously trying to experiment on baby Yoda somehow yeah. in episode three. Yes, I believe yes. when he when he brings him in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This 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 opens a can of beans, man. Mm-hmm. And the same way that it's opened a can of beans that uh, this clan of Mandalorians goes by the rule of not removing your helmet. Yeah. Right. Which is uh, has been widely not canon all throughout the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and you know, Rebels. They've gone back to a more ancient tradition. Uh, I is, guess, is it a new tradition or a new old tradition they brought back? These are a lot of questions mm-hmm. that come up, right? And again, I, I got to keep remembering. Reminding myself the extended universe that I knew is no longer necessarily in place. So. Right? It's a yeah, whole yeah. different fucking ball game, man. So there's, like I say, this just opens mm-hmm. a can of beans that uh, is going to be hard to keep track of. Now, how familiar are you with the original Lone Wolf and Cub, also known as the manga, also known as the uh, film series Shogun Assassin? Never seen the film series, but I. Uh... I read a bit of the book, but I was Perfect. like twelve. Okay, and I remember. Well, not well, just anything. to just to remind you, and here's here's the great thing about a baby Yoda. Uh, I, I I apologize if I'm. You know what? I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the the baby's name in Lone Wolf and Cub, but uh, the son of the samurai, the baby of uh, the samurai depicted in uh, Lone Wolf and Cub and uh, uh, Shogun Assassin can really handle himself like he's a three-year-old baby that gets into the craziest most dangerous situations and is able to like handle his shit like right, right. you know yeah. he could be hunted by you know the the rival uh, uh uh shogunite that are trying to hunt them down he'll he'll be smart enough to go hide right at three right. years well, old Yoda was able to stop that horned beast whatever exactly that thing was. so I think yeah. that's the tradition. Basically, they got they had to figure out a way rather than the baby being a perpetual victim. Right. You know, ways for the baby to uh, surprise you. And it's a toddler now. It's walking around. So Right. And it's uh, weird that it's a 50-year-old toddler. That's the thing. Like, Yoda won't – like, it seems like he won't be able to even speak for another 50 years. Yeah. If he does continue to grow. Or is there accelerated growth? Yeah, like, I don't know. This is going to be – I don't see how they're going to well, the, fucking end this. Well, man. the great thing is uh, baby Yoda will – unlike an, <laughs> a child actor. How did actor, Lone Wolf and Cub end? That uh, I don't remember. The, How does that story do, do you want end me, most uh, of the okay, time? Spoilers. Basically, there if were this, in case there this were spoils twenty. The there were twenty plus volumes of of uh, you know these thick foam book sized big little books. Uh, but basically, uh, the Shogun assassin, the uh, the Lone Wolf, died, and his uh, baby son, of course, picks up the sword. And it kind of ends there until uh, recently, within the last like four or five years, right. uh, new wo- lone wolf has in cub has appeared, and now uh, uh, Diego, uh, I, I'm again, I'm probably slaughtering the baby's name, okay. uh, has picked up the sword, and as like a little toddler, he's now found another mentor okay uh, who's left over from the last series and is teaching him the ways of the the ronin the sh- the, the shogun the right. the samurai assassin uh so yeah basically the lead died i just had a crazy flash of something insane what's that uh, uh, 
Luke's out there right now. This oh, is yeah. five years after Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So Luke's maybe, what, 28-ish? He's probably looking to I restart think. the Jedi Temple, too. Right. I'm sure he's on his way. Yeah, because that so, happened in Heir, Heir to the Empire, which is now relegated to Legends. So, and there's a few things that could make this actually a, a real theory and possibility, is if that happens and the Mandalorian bites it, and there's little Yoda. Mm. What if it ends with Yoda going off with Luke? To the Jedi Temple. That would be pretty uh, you know, badass. A de-aged oh, Mark yeah. Hamill. That would be brilliant. Because they love to de-age all the fuckers. It looks so good now. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know? When they do it right, Star Wars hasn't quite done it right yet. Because that's oh, that Tarkin uncanny. Tarkin was good. Uncanny Valley. No, Rogue One, Tarkin? No, Tarkin, Tarkin, Tarkin looked uncanny good. Valley no. to me. So I, did no, Leia. I didn't think Leia looked good, but I thought Tarkin was done really well. Well, the actor they got looks so much like Tarkin. Why did they need to do that to him is my question. I, I okay. thought it went well. I thought it went Well, by out. comparison, uh, Terminator, uh, Linda Hamilton. They to do that for, to him because it was fun for us. Fair that's enough. That's the only reason. Fair enough. Yeah. But and it's that, a worthy reason. Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the right. latest, uh, not that great Terminator film, yeah. uh, look fantastic. So yeah, the de-aging technology, I'm all over that. I'm a little worried about, uh, what's his name, in uh, William Hurt in... Uh, oh, yeah. I saw the, the uh, clips Black of Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks kind of weird. He's not he looks old enough little... that... You think they'd have to de-age him that much? Let's hope that's... unless it's when she's like a little child, yeah, or something. Well, this right? would be before. This is taking place after Civil War. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, before whatever, because huh. after Civil War she takes break. Because he was still looking pretty old in The Incredible Hulk, so. right? So that it doesn't. I don't. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a, a flashback. Crazy, well, that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. a flashback. But within she would the have film. to be super young when yeah, that went yeah. down. But he looks kind of weird, you know. Yeah. But either way, if they that would be amazing if I that's what happened. Right. He went off with Luke, that and actually, then now he's out there somewhere. Yeah, go to the Jedi Temple, and and uh, there is and a Yoda. He somewhere. went off. On, who knows what but happened? Let's, They're gonna let's have not to kid ourselves. Out, uh, right? There is so much merchandising that this this character, even after the Mando- Mandalorian ends, because this 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 being CG mm-hmm. and fifty years old or whatever. Uh, and a stays puppet, a baby for and a puppet. yeah for four or five years or however long this series will last three years let's say uh, he'll remain a baby right and be able to generate that merchandise it's not like a child actor remember the kid from Lost who you know I keep was forgetting that it's gonna go on now that you just said that oh, I'm looking yeah. at the end of season one like I'm not thinking about the fact that it's a season of TV I'm still I'm assuming not it's an ongoing series right that. well I, I think they did just finish shooting episode or season oh season two. two you're right yeah I think I did hear something about that and with but streaming I'm I don't just know. not think I feel like the end of this is gonna be the end of the story but mm-hmm. no reason these both these characters don't continue on. You're they right, can't. Right? They can't spin off the adventures of uh, Baby Yoda, just like New Wolf, Lone Wolf, and Cub. Right. He right. finds another protector or someone who to teach him of the ways of the Jedi, and you've got another series there of uh, a merchandisable. Do you think uh, his helmet will come off this season? Then I would love, like, when he finally dies, I would love to see you know Baby Yoda putting that oversized helmet onto his nice. his head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that would be a rather poignant. Well, what, the only uh, you can only like take it off and like in front of family, basically. Yeah. Right? So if maybe Baby Yoda, so him considered taking his helmet off would be family. Like, you but are my it, son, little it, green Yoda. How cool is it 
to have a Mandalorian <laughs> Jedi Yoda. You know what I mean? Like that would be pretty. I, I, we're we're doing teenage, Yoda raised by a Mandalorian. Yeah, and yeah. we're we're crawling into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle country, as we say, Mandalorian Yoda Jedi. But uh, so, what do you think even goes on after this? Like, I know we were concentrating on the Mandalorian. Yeah, but this has led us to a point of what happens after Rise of Skywalker. Like, ah. we, like there's nothing set up. And I think it's at the point Don't they now, have an old Republic project by the Game of Thrones folks? I thought that was Oh, I did in hear play. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I think that's... And I guess the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure they're going to announce a bunch of stuff. But as far as movie-wise, I wonder where they're going to go with it then. You know, maybe they'll take a break from movies they for should. a year or two. Which they should. Would be, yeah, it would be a grand idea because they need time to fire Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> that well, needs to happen. My my thought is and they that they need to pass things and do all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You're Filoni, you're in charge of everything. Yeah. And you and your buddy Favreau can make it all. Well, and then Feige will come in and he'll be like, "Can I play?" <laughs> well, he's already said he wants you know, to play, right? So, it's so be, man. he's already you. got something in the works, apparently. Uh, but what I would love to see is a little bit more what they're doing with Marvel, and I think that's kind of maybe. And again, this is all speculation because. Uh, the Lego guys were basically fired from, from uh, Solo. Solo because they were allowing a lot more improv and a lot more humor right, right, through. Right. So, but if you but look at you know the Marvel universe, you know you can have a light comedy like Ant Man, a light heist comedy alongside an upcoming horror movie like Doctor Strange or you know. Uh, I just I miss my Jedi man. Mm. I miss my Jedi. Because I'm a Jedi guy, yeah. and now there's no Jedi, and it's like, what do you do when you when there's no Jedi? Jump as much backwards. As I, I've been surprised with a lot of how much I've loved. Like again, yeah. Rogue One was phenomenal. Yeah, I absolutely loved Rogue One, and that didn't have much to do with Jedi, except it did at least somehow continue to expand the lore with the Guardians of the Wills. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that kind of stuff. So. Have you had a peek at uh, Fall of the what is it called? Fall of the Jedi Order? Is no, that the video game? no. Looks fantastic, and the the storyline looks so far. It does from what look I've interesting, and, yeah. and you know what? There's a lightsaber controversy that has been born at. Well, I guess not oh, what's controversy, the controversy, but question. Um, you can use an orange lightsaber. Ah. Now, according to the new <laughs> canon, and that fucking storyboard group bullshit yeah. I, i'm sorry i hate them they're they don't know what they're doing they're nonsense yeah for anybody not to continue consider the tartakovsky clone wars to be canon you don't you're not part of this world and you should go away mm-hmm. um that's just harsh harsh nerd shit right there okay that's me being that guy in, in his ma's basement even though my ma's in pelham and i'm nowhere near there e- it, either way um what was I even talking about? I was talking about oh, yeah. oh, the- so the the way that lightsabers are colored now mm-hmm. is through the force. So they're yes. all clear, they're all white, and it's uh, you know whatever comes out of the Jedi that yeah. use it with its color, whether it's red or green or blue, mm-hmm. or sorry, or, blue or green, and then in the case red. Of- in the case of red, you're bleeding the crystal. You're mm-hmm. like imbuing it. You're using the dark side yeah. to like. You know, break it, kind and of thing. and in yeah. Sam Jackson's case, where his lightsaber says "bad motherfucker," he gets purple because he's skirting the dark side. I there. guess that's going to have to be the excuse the now because side. it wasn't before. Yeah, because it was the kyber crystals. The it was color the crystals before the kyber crystals that that determined it. Yeah, and the reason his was purple before is because he did some crazy quest 
for some fucking village that was going to get destroyed or something. I can't exactly remember. But he was awarded this fucking crystal as a reward. Something special. Yeah, and he made his fucking lightsaber out of it. And that's how it fucking originally went down. And, uh, you know, all that went away. So now we mm-hmm. need to find out why there's an orange lightsaber. What the hell does that mean? And it probably no one even thought of it. The game people were probably just like, let's throw an orange <laughs> one in there. And that fucked it all up. Well, let's uh, – we'll, we'll have to look up in Wikipedia what uh, yeah. what's up with the orange lightsaber. I still – I just cannot comprehend why those Clone Wars shorts cartoons are not – are they so, out of canon? Yeah. Oh, they were wonderful. They directly lead into Revenge of the Sith. And and right? as well like uh, with with, uh, with Sam Jackson being responsible for Grievous's mm-hmm. Grievous's uh, crushed chest and, and his they, choking and, and they even inform the uh, the uh, Clone Wars the the follow up Clone Wars cartoon all the visuals are translated into three D animation yeah nonsense. based on his designs so. Um, and also in the Clone Wars, it was cool how that one character, and I'm blanking on his name, but the big beast character, yeah. he's what the original design for the Wookiees was. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. In, in Rebels, uh, yeah, the yeah. the one character who, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Kilowog type character, right? Yeah, yeah. That big fucking guy. That's what the Wookiees originally In the what, like, Ralph right? McQuarrie yeah, uh, yeah. art, along with Han Solo sort of mashed up with Obi-Wan in a Flash Gordon headpiece and cape. So weird. I remember Did that. Did you read those comics that were his original script? Uh, I have them. I had read crazy. the original scripts. The, they're, the, they're crazy. I've read two different versions. Uh, the Journals of the Skywalkers, where it's the father and yeah. the two sons. I've read that version. Is that yeah, the version they the turned comics. into? Yeah. The comics? Okay. That, it was called The Star Wars. The, it was the Star first Wars... The Adventures of Luke Skywalker. The, the Adventures of Luke Starkiller, Starkiller, as told from the journals of, of the, the Wills. Guardians of the Wills or yeah. Journals of the Wills, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got, and it's funny because they made the lead Skywalker guy. Uh, he's George Lucas. Yeah, he's, that's he's drawn right. After that's George right. Lucas, yeah, yeah. The, the, the father. Lucas. Yeah. But it's a really cool story, man. I it is. I, I enjoy too, I enjoy man. alt takes. And, right, you know, right. I understand why they didn't make it, especially the budget, right? And it does sort of allude to some of the stuff in the that eventually ended up in the prequels, right? Like there's, Absolutely. There's a lot of, like, hints. And he, he never throws anything Even out. Even the wills eventually came around again, yeah. right? So it's beautiful. So back to this goddamn show. Oh, my God. Um, there were complaints about it being a bit of a sausage party. What do you think about that? Um, I think you know it's what? nonsense. Well, well uh, no. So far, there's been a, a couple of interesting Every, several female episodes, characters. Yeah, have been um, co-starred by yeah. you know Gina my one Karana. Yeah, yeah, and she's terrific, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she yeah. was wonderful and in that the other episode. Chick who, uh, chick, here this... I am calling him chicks. Chick. <laughs> that does mean like, dude. Can, is that a word that's good or bad at this what? point? If there's any ladies out there, please let me know if chicks is offensive. Here's... to you. I hear it like dudes. Yeah. It's a feat, you know. Well, here's the thing. Dudes is, to me, non-gendered. Even right. chicks now is kind of non-gendered. Absolutely, right? You can, you can refer no, to any not. grouping. Do you think? Have you ever referred to a dude as a chick? Uh, Never. As in chickens? <laughs> you guys are, Marty, what are you, chicken? <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyways. Uh, but oh, I don't mean it to well, be offensive, but you all let me know if it is offensive because I don't think that it is. I think it's just a cool word like chicks and cats. Like that's one cool cat. Like that's what happened in chick. You know what I mean? The the 50s lingo. You've seen chicks? They're fucking adorable. <laughs> Remember when you were young in school? 
And you had, had the, the incubator. The, 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 the incubator in your classroom. Yeah, it was fucking adorable. Yeah. Man. Uh, one, my one complaint uh, of this last one would be you've got an actor's actor with with the the range of Ming Na, right? Uh, you know, as sort of an, an antagonistic character, and I, I I did like her little monologue right. to inspire the young gunslinger to right. turn against uh, the Mandalorian. But uh, it was a small role, but I would have rather seen her. That's what's the cool run kick- through the story is all these guest parts are fairly small fucking. That's roles. true. That's true. They're not super extensive, yeah. and I love that it's their friends because I know John Favreau is really good friends with her. Okay. That, that was, I think, a situation yeah. of, hey, why not? The original Mulan. Yeah, they're all like, this seems like a real friendly thing going on. Because yeah. Amy Sedaris, you know, all these stand-ups are being on it. Bill Burr is going to be on it, right? And these are mm-hmm. all friends of Favreau, all these stand-up comedian I friends I didn't even of recognize Amy S- Sedaris until you pointed it out. Yeah, like, with the big fro there. And Brian Poussain was in the first episode oh, as the right. speeder yeah, biker, yeah. right? It's filled with stand-up comedians. Yeah, it's yeah. Really- Excuse me, it's kind of ridiculous. That's true. Now, are we jumping back to talk about the early episodes as well, or do you think? Yeah, we can. Oh, okay. Why you got something on your mind? Uh, the uh, I'm I'm still thinking a lot about the uh, IG robot. Oh, I'm, Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't address the robot. Let's. We have to go back to IG Eleven. Yeah, yeah. What a fantastic performance! Well, like, to get across that much. Uh, you know the dry humor with the dry humor of the self-destruct yeah. gag. Yeah, that alone. You loved that. Oh, hey? I I was You're on the all about floor. That thermal detonator in his chest. I was you? on the floor for that. Right. Uh, and also, again, I think we've we've uh, sort of chatted about this before. <laughs> it's your Boba Fett action figure and your IG88 action figure having the fight that you always wanted right, to see them right, have. Right, right, right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, IG-88 yeah. on the screen was always so static, but then you saw some, some uh, comics. I saw an idea. Yeah, it's amazing how they make these things work. Like, it's, mm. a, it's a robot. You never quite understood how it would physically work too yeah. much in battle, right? Yeah, like, yeah. How's that fucking stick thing a, ba- a bounty hunter? Well, there's there was yeah. a really cool comic uh, called, uh, I think, uh, Boba Fett Twin Engines of Destruction. <sighs> and it nice. was... Yeah, yeah. I'll have to... You know what? I'll have to dug it up for you. It came boxed with uh, the, the 90s Power of the Force action figures of Boba Fett and IG-88. Right. You know, the more chunky, muscly ones. Uh, right. But there was that comic, Twin Engines of Destruction, where you did have an awesome fight between Boba Fett and IG-88. That's great. I yeah, yeah. Everything that. that you've always wanted to... And now we've to... seen it live action. It's absolutely insane. That whole great thing when he gets on the turret and he blows like all those guys. Oh, away, yeah, yeah. Know? No, but... for sure. It, it's, it's a Butch and Sundance moment too, you know, like the, the mismatched buddies. Yeah. And... We're not even thinking about the fact that of how did Baby Yoda end up there? We're not Good even question. thinking about that. Like we're yeah. worried about that. Like the, he got sent on a bounty. We're worried about those people getting the bounty. Yeah. But we didn't even think about how he ended up with those. Were those people actually protecting him? Trying to protect him from the bounty that hunters? That is a good question. We don't have any reason to think that any of those people that he gunned down were bad people. Yeah, no, he, What if sure. he was being – like they were protecting him in a way. We have no – and he was in a nice little cradle. Mm-hmm. You a know, he wasn't strapped cradle. to a table. He wasn't, wasn't in tortured. a cage. He was he had a little blankie. Yeah. He had a little, you know, Jedi mini cloak on, like his, his Jedi jumper. You know what? Right? You bring up a fantastic point, and I hope they address that before the end, because you know that whole blood on Damn on straight. your ledger. Yeah. Uh, the you know now he's got a uh, the Mandalorian is 
you know, again, I keep going back to Lone Wolf and Cub. He's cut his ties from the Shogunite. You know, he's a Ronin. He's a yeah, lone wolf out yeah, there. Yeah. Now, what road is he walking? You know, is he walking the road of bloody redemption? Is he going to walk the road of uh, vengeance? You know, what? Uh, what's the father son relationship? No other. Here? Did the did that? Did the samurai have any other motivation besides keeping the kid alive? Because the Mandalorian uh, no, his... doesn't have really any other motivation other than to yeah. you know, stay alive, keep his culture alive as a general yeah. thing, and protect this kid. Now he's just on the run. Well, here's the beautiful like, He was thing. talking about hiding out on that swamp planet for mm-hmm. like months. He's like, why hang out here for a few months? I was yeah. like, yeah, they really don't have like any thing to do they don't he's just gonna keep them alive they've got no like end quest well i think they're gonna start introducing that because it's a slow burn right like and it each is a self-contained it could be a slow burn over three years that's true that's true and i'm fine with that like i i am loving revisiting every single western samurai trope that we've seen so but, far. And things got to make sense. Like yeah. like I say, this having a baby Yoda existing in the galaxy is too big a thing to not affect yeah. everything else. Of course. You know, unless what if this kid just doesn't become a Jedi, right? That's true. Well, they wanted to weaponize him, obviously. The remnants of the right. Imperials that yeah. were trying... You said... You but said how'd they know the, about the him? Clone. Like, why did those other guys have him... Was oh, there's so many. We'll questions. we'll hopefully we'll we'll get these answered. To, but to answer uh, your question, in Lone Wolf and Cub, well, right, Mandalorian is very PG. In in Lone Wolf and Cub, basically he was the head executioner of the Shogunite, and was framed, and thus his whole family was so he was on the run too. Murdered. He, he was on the wanderer. Yeah, he was okay. on the run. He was on the run, and basically the only survivor of his wife and kids and daughters, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, was his baby boy. And essentially, he knew he was going to walk the assassin's road. So he hand like basically he put this is this is dark. Right. He put a little sword and a ball in front of the kid to see which road he would walk, and if the kid went for the ball. He would have put the kid out of his misery. He would have killed his own son to walk the assassin's road. But really? uh, that's he, that, that, that was dark. Of, yeah, that's, yeah. That's... But the kid, the kid chose the sword and thus w- was twice damned uh, uh, in terms of walking his father's road. So <laughs> yeah, the father decided. Yeah, I'm gonna baller t- sword kid life or death. Let's go. <laughs> got places to. Yeah, we're all. Oh I'm, I'm gonna. God. I'm gonna take this kid on my road to Nonsense. bloody road to vengeance right, right. as I cut my way across the country, slaughtering the folks that did the, the Yagyu clan who did me wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to like because he is the man with no name, but I would love some more hint at his motivations further on. And right, he's. Right. And here's the thing. He is the gunslinger with a heart of gold. We see him rescue the village. We see him rescue baby Yoda. You know, we're revisiting all the tropes here. Mandalorians are like Klingons, you know. And going back Mm -hmm. to the female persuasion, the head of the Mandalorians is a female. The head armor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's cool to see their culture and how they're having to protect it. Because as much as they used to have wars with the Jedi, I don't know if in canon they do, but Mm -hmm. in Legends they did. But they were purged as well. They were considered as much as a threat of the Jedi. 
Jedi almost, and we're purged right out. Because mm-hmm. we do have a lot of history, and if you don't know the culture of the Mandalorians, it's all in Clone Wars, and they cannot now deny Clone Wars as much as they're doing things that are making us ask Filoni is working right. on the Mandalorian. All that Does is mean someday chaos. I'll see a dark saber for real. I would love that. Wow. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Because there's only ever been in canon, there's only ever been one Mandalorian Jedi. Yes. And he created the Darksaber and then became leader of the Mandalorians and it became the symbol of the Mandalorian leaders and was handed down leader by leader, basically. I guess the big question is, will we go back to see the old Republic too, like because oh again, a flashback, the... like the flashback when they were a kid, when he yeah, was a yeah. kid, right? Yeah. Oh, that'd be neat to see, man. If they flash back, there that you go. Shit. Yeah, I'd love to see that, man. That'd be cool. Now, here's the other question: Do you think there'll be any crossovers with the Obi Wan series since he is kind of hanging out in Tatooine, like X amount of years later? No, this is this is after Jedi. No, no, but I mean. You can always have He's these weird dead. crossovers where He's Ob- dead no, during the man. No, no, no. But if Obi Wan runs across certain characters on Tatooine, and then they end up like old versions oh, of them. Oh, there yeah. could be like a new character that they bring in. This is what I'm saying. Mandalorian that yeah, they do yeah. a younger version of. Yeah. In the Obi Wan movie, and for their way sure. of doing the crossover. Absolutely, they could pull something like that because I've still been thinking: Are we going to meet any other characters at all that we're familiar with? Will there be any familiar in the Obi Wan series? No, on the Mandalorian. Oh, gotcha. Do you gotcha. think we'll meet anybody we already know? Because we haven't met a single character. I suspect they've set their own rules to say, let's right. just not bring any continuity baggage for this first series, and then we'll see what happens from let's here on in. Let's just open a can of worms yeah. and cause a lot of canon controversy. Well, it would be great questions. to see, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I mean, theoretically, could, could they get Obi-Wan in, like, you know, nice and shaved and... Not as Obi-Wan, but uh, Ewan McGregor, but as his uncle, Wedge Antilles. That would be kind of cool. Folks know that, Maybe. right? That Yeah, but they look nothing alike. That's true. Nothing that's true. At all. Dennis Lawson? Yeah. No, absolutely. But yeah, you think as to like honor his all. uncle, he might like dye his hair black and then they call him Wedge Antilles. And I think well, he called him up. Yeah, that's when right. he got the part. He was so excited. And apparently he was excited, but he was like, you didn't really give him advice. He was like, do it. <laughs> sure, why not? I had fun. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's something, talking to Roger Christian the other day, mm-hmm. it really gave me the perspective of how low budget and how new and how unsupported this thing was. Oh, yeah. You know, when he told me of how he had to come up with things you know, <laughs> let me tell you one story. I don't think he'll mind me telling because this came out of my extreme yeah. questioning. Right? And it's well known totally amongst the, that it's meeting. well known amongst the, the uh, replica community too. So, well, this isn't uh, the lightsaber story. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go this up, is go a ahead. little story about uh, Alec Guinness. Ah. And I asked him, I was like, did he, was it really that miserable? And his theory is that uh, Alec Guinness, he was there the first day Alec Guinness got on set. Mm -hmm. And Alec Guinness got there, got to the set, and started rolling around in the dirt. (laughs) Right? And he's like, why are you rolling around in the dirt? And he's like, well, I'm an old hermit, right? Like, he was supposed to be, like, dusty and lived on this planet. So he got rolled around in the dirt. And Roger says to me, he says, now, does that sound like somebody not taking his role seriously? (laughs) 
And his theory was he was just most of the time saving face because he was taking so much abuse Uh. from the thespian British... Shakespearean bullshit actor society mm-hmm. that he had to talk like that for having done it, but it made him a very wealthy man. Absolutely. And all of Roger's accounts of him on set were that he was absolutely enjoying himself, mm-hmm. had a fine time, you know, no complaints, was a complete professional, showed up, did his job, did it well. Got killed off and then still came back for two off. movies. Yeah, and then still came back. Absolutely, well, you're right. So I had no problems. I've right? told you my story, right, of uh, running out. I was really excited because I had heard, uh, and this is pre-internet, right? right so right. And, and I'm just desperate for more Star Wars stuff after uh, reading the Th- the Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire. Oh, so I just course, yeah. try to find whatever I could, you know, including Carrie Fisher's stuff, which didn't allude much to it, but right. uh, until The Princess Diaries recently. But uh, I grabbed, I think it cost me like 30 bucks or something. I bought the Alec Guinness uh, uh, book, his, his autobiography or his memoirs okay, or right, his yeah. diary or whatever. Yeah. And uh, luckily it, it had an index. So I went to the index looking for Star Wars was like three mentions of it. And I'm like, oh, flip, flip, flip. And then it's the the story of how uh, uh, a mother and child came up to him and said uh, that, oh, this this little boy is such a big fan of yours. He's seen Star Wars like 20 or 30 times. And then Alec Guinness uh, told the boy, uh, I want you to make me a promise. Never watch Star Wars again. Like, and, and then, yeah. and then the sort of uh, depressing, de- uh, uh, you know, how depressed he was when he went to got the, get the mail and it was Star Wars fans sending him things to sign. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was well, I'm a, sure there were crappy moments. Yeah. It was a huge bummer to me that, that, you know, and then the follow up biography, even, even less mention of Star Wars with the same, Odd derision. It's gonna be hard to be the pioneer of that kind of situation, right? Yeah. Like, there weren't a lot of these British thespian actors being yeah. used for sci-fi as they're so perfect for. As absolutely, we know today. classically trained. Thing. Yeah, he created that yeah. entire fucking although, genre. Although of to a be career, fair, although much. to be fair, Shatner, Shatner was uh, Stratford. Uh, but I'm saying old British dude. No, absolutely, you know the guys I mean? from the tradition. Yeah, everything has an old. British dude in it now. Yeah, and yeah. Now he, and he, but he was the first of the, the elderly old British mentor. dudes, really. Yeah, that's absolutely. true. And he wanted to play a wizard. Man. Yeah, just well, wanted to play a is... wizard, man. That's all. The great. Did you read Skywalking back in the day? <coughs> uh, the no. sort of unauthorized biography. You know, I read that around the same time. I'm not and... interested enough in the rest of his life to read a biography. Well, about here's him. here's the fascinating part. It was actually a very unbiased uh, version <laughs> of the creative. Of the creation of Star Wars, you like as we were sort of right. talking earlier, uh, you know, a great amount of the the creativity in those first original trilogy movies were the fact that he put together an amazing team, and that Star Wars, for example, the original A New Hope before it was called A New Hope, uh, was saved in the editing room by his then wife. Marsha, Marsha right. Lucas, yeah. who won an Academy Award for editing. She completely changed the the you know the ending uh, battle. She was just given all this footage and managed to convincingly tell the story 
of the dog fights and the trench. Like it was a You know what he did confirm to me that if George Lucas could, he'd just use CGI humans. Like yeah. that's how little he wants to deal with actors. And that's what everyone and... that's what everyone was saying on the set of He basically, uh, I'll be honest, he confirmed most of our theories. He he thought mm-hmm. the same way about everything we talk about. Mm-hmm. All our theories on people and this I won't get into specifics, but yeah. he's he was a fan who made it. Do you know what I mean? He literally Absolutely. made the movie and was Absolutely. a fan of it then, is a fan of it now. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, he has most graciously agreed to be on this show. I am looking forward to He's that. He's going to China for a little while. And then I will do, of course, you know how podcasting works, kids, and this crazy world of ours. But uh, I will do everything in my power to make that happen. He was a lovely man, by the way, full of stories, willing to share, very polite, kind, funny, awesome, awesome dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said he'd be happy to sit and chat with me and uh, tell you kids all about the very first ever lightsaber (laughs) ever, ever made which is absolutely incredible. Um, do you have any more thoughts on The Mandalorian? On The Mandalorian? Uh, we covered looking, a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? It, it, I'm looking forward to I'm, – I'm never surprised. I like it. I, I you don't know what? yet I love, love it. I love seeing the walker, the ad at yes. walker in the Magnificent Seven episode. You know, yes, when, yes. When they have to bear down and, yeah, yeah. and save the area. But that was cool to see. And how they didn't show the inside of it. I thought that was a lot of fun. I heard someone talking about uh, how they did, probably didn't show the inside because of budget or this and that. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be what they wanted to see. Yeah. As a, a YouTuber that I highly respect. And, but, you know, that was his yeah. theory. And I was like, no, I like the fact that they made it like a monster with like, oh, yeah. red eyes. And it yeah. seemed alive. Like it did. And, and, and it was and, the dragon. And, yeah. And Jedi. It's totally the goddamn. Yeah. See, half these ones are so in front of your face. You can't even count them all. You don't even yeah, realize yeah. The all the armored knight yeah. and like, the dragon. You don't know if this dragon. is lazy or genius. Did Filoni yeah. and like Favreau just kind of go through the list? <laughs> yeah. But and to, be like, we'll copy this. We'll yeah. copy this. We'll copy that. But to a whole new generation, like of of Star Wars fans who are discovering this for the first time, all of this is fresh, right? This is what I love, like you know, hearing from young fans who are well, just well. This excited. is vi- the very first thing. My my son is nine, and this is the very first Star Wars that ever has his attention beyond me forcing it upon him. And despite the slow pace, too, that's yeah, the thing. He's like a sore, that, that horror kid, a video game kid, but I sit down every week and I watch the show with him, and he loves it, and I love it, and we love it together. And now he's doing things he's never done. Like my kid draws a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's drawing Baby Yoda. He's never drawn Star His Wars. His Baby Yoda was fantastic. He did very good with it. And the he Baby did Yoda. The Mandalorian tonight, too. Yes, he did. And it was amazing at the show yesterday. How many goddamn Baby Yodas? There's not a single artist that I think who, who didn't bring a, a – Oh, yeah. Maybe Ken Lashley. <laughs> Ken Lashley might have been the dude without a Baby Yoda. Casey, Casey said he sold a, a, a big – our, our friend but Casey. I thought he might – oh, I guess because it's popular, but the, the, his Grinch. Casey Parsons. Oh, his Grinch Check is out the art too. of Casey Parsons on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, mm-hmm. he's a cauldron artist. I think he um, sold a lot of all his Christmas. Several times. But yeah, his his he did a beautiful Grinch print and a, and a very nice – In uh, his own style. Yoda. What I love is it's in his own style. That one, I think yeah. that, that's what makes it his sort of pop. texture with his color. Oh, yeah. It's just – it's wonderful, man. Well, you want to you wanna feel his paintings. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. If he was to like draw you an old school teddy bear, you'd really want to hold and hug and feel what that teddy bear looked like. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of drawings. I had 
Casey does. I had yeah. wonderful insight into into Casey uh, about three weeks ago when we went on a road trip. We went to the uh, Queen's University Art Gallery to right. look at Rembrandts. This is this is our idea of a good time. Yeah. But yeah, uh, sip scotch ev- and look yeah. at Rembrandts. No, that's that was yeah. our weekend. But everything you you described, right, in terms of you know the ability to to make it real, to yeah. texture, touch. Uh, yeah, he's he studies he studies the old masters. He oh, sat yeah. there he and it. was. Was the like lighting? Like his Grinch looked the, fuzzy, and yeah. you wanted to feel that fuzz. But there's suit. anatomy and mood, and and you know, it's it's excellent. And his use of color on those, like he went for mm-hmm. these deep, darker greens. It's not like mm-hmm. light, happy, Christmassy greens. It's this really warm fucking tone. And these things and, are absolutely. Beautiful. And this is yeah. the this is the influence of the like uh, you know. It's always I like the. I like the Easter eggs and the behind the scenes commentary. So uh, seeing Casey sort of go straight to his sources, the Dutch masters, essentially. Right. Uh, uh, fascinating. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, the Mandalorian kids, check it out if you haven't. We just spoiled the shit out of it if you haven't. Uh, <laughs> and you actually listened to this whole thing. But if you did listen to this whole thing and have not been spoiled, I hope you did enjoy it as much as we did. Uh, we will get together again to talk about the next uh, how many are left? Three? I think there's eight in total. Is there? Okay. I think there's eight in total. All we right. just watched five, so that means that there's three left. Perfect. Also, um, tonight begins Crisis. Ah. Are you planning to watch Crisis? I am. I have not watched okay. the shows in a while, but I will tune in for you Crisis. You will not need to wa- have watched the shows. Mm-hmm. You may be a little confused. Well, being with a few things going okay. on, but but nothing enough that I don't yeah. think we'll be able to watch Crisis without having to have had to watch all the shows all season long. Even though yeah. I have, so I'm up on that. I've got a bit of. Uh, I'm a little bit proud of the ridiculous fact <laughs> that I have seen every single episode of every single CW superhero show. Wow! Every single fucking one. You are impressive. Every Arrow, every Flash, every Supergirl, every fucking Batwoman, every Legends of Tomorrow. You are very yeah. impressive. All types. Titans. I've seen every Titans of the fucking last Black three seasons. They've done all Black Lightning. Dude. Every single fucking one. Wow. I that's have not a... missed a single episode. Because I... I love it. It's like my stories, like Kevin Smith says. Okay. It's my goddamn Young and the Restless. <laughs> and I, 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 I love them, man. And some of them are horrible at times. Yeah. Like, I'm not really digging Batwoman too much. Well cast, though. You know, that's the thing. Well, they, I she's don't know perfect. about Ruby well cast. Ru- she's, she's perfect. She's a perfect looking Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she could have used a few more. Well, you, you know, see more episodes than me, so. Well, she's just she's kind of stiff. She's, oh, is she? You know, she's not the greatest actress in the world. She's, I've I've only seen the crossover she's episodes. She's gotten better so. as it's gone. You can tell yeah. she's more comfortable than she was in the beginning. You know, but she's very. You know, she needs to loosen up a little bit. She's, okay. She's she's a little bit stiff. So yeah. when the emotions come out that she's supposed to say in words. They don't quite come across as genuine as they could. I see. They sound a little forced. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. They should just let her be a fucking badass bitch. <laughs> but they try to give her the, all these emotional connections yeah. that aren't really her fucking thing, right? Like and she she's can dating? be a lesbian without having to be dealing with these yeah. with with stupid old like 
lovey-dovey, yeah. old memory, past let her be, love crap. Like, let her be female Batman, basically. I'm should. okay with and that. She's close to it, but she's more I'm okay like, with that. She's more about hope and stuff. But yeah. it doesn't suit Ruby Rose uh, to be about that. Shit. No, for yeah. sure, for yeah. sure. Well, the 22, ep- I find the 22-episode format in this day and age, it really drags. Really drags. I mean, yeah, I... They I, have to start changing that shit. Yeah, yeah, like 12 and done. Like, the Titans this season has been phenomenal. Oh, it's wonderful. How much is it? Twelve and done, ten and done, something ten like that. Ten and done, I think. I'm, I, and I've just or was it twelve? Might have been twelve. And and again, but they went fast. Right? Oh yeah, and Doom Patrol, like that. Yeah, and, and the Mandalorian episodes are only half hour pops. Oh They're yeah, not even full hour fucking episodes. Oh yeah, man, that's what's been amazing about it. You and they've so got they've time. got two, uh, at least two action set pieces. Every episode. That, right. And you they're know. using that brand new technology. And I was talking to Roger Christian about that. Oh, okay. Where it's like an on-set blue screen. Wow. Where you can... With a moving... A blue screen. You can like project onto it. So you've got a projection on a screen on an actual set adding kind of okay. to the whole... Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like the old-fashioned when you saw them in a car and they projected the background. It's a version of that, but it's yeah. a new technology that's only ever been used and developed for The Mandalorian. Okay. And it's some kind of Where they crazy... can convincingly, like... It's almost VR technology, isn't it? As they're moving the camera in I, and out. I too? don't even want to speak on it without reading up okay. a bit more on it. But it just the way they described it, it was like... But it, it's it's a set for on sets. It's not ah. just like the car thing because you could just do that in a studio. Yeah, right? yeah. This is some kind of thing that helps with the actual. I, I don't even. Okay. Know. We'll look well, the up actors... on it. Maybe we'll explain it later. It helps for yeah. the actors. Like they did that. Like the only movies to ever have actual like uh, lightsabers with color in the actors' hands were the new trilogy. Mm. You know, so that's the yeah, first yeah. time. It's always even like in the prequels they were using. You know, not. I don't think it was necessarily rotoscope anymore, but they yeah. still had wooden dowels. Yeah, for the fights, with wrapped, right? wrapped in the reflective. Yeah, they're material. basically using hardcore versions of what the custom lightsabers make now of mm-hmm. these battle sabers, just to help the <laughs> actors feel more in the role, which I think is amazing because a fan thing that came out of something, right? Like all yeah. the fans found this way and developed it over decades. Oh yeah. To be able to, you know, make their own lightsabers battle worthy and play worthy. Now the movies themselves are adopting that fan technology mm-hmm. to help the actors get more into it. Yeah, especially yeah. the the first trilogy projected against green screens. Like you've got wonderful actors and some of them came off so Wooden, uh, Natalie Portman, because yeah. they just didn't have anything you know, to direct. And I hear, with. well, like Liam had a lot of trouble with not being directed, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, I shouldn't say too much because we'll see how oh, much uh, the, perfect the, the individual wants yeah. to share himself. Did you know but, they had to extend the sets higher? Like, I think the sets were only about uh, six foot something, really? and then because they cast Liam Neeson, they had to add to the budget to make the sets slightly higher to accommodate him. Makes sense. He's yeah. a monster of a man as is uh, the show The Mandalorian it's a monster of a show it's the most popular show in the world right now Star Wars is the future of Star Wars in television there's a good chance it just might be they're gonna give us some Obi-Wan they're gonna give us some Knights of the Old Republic I don't know man I can't next take next season it. of Clone Wars coming up well thankfully year. for this we don't have to give up on Star, Star Wars entirely and uh, in two weeks we got something special coming 
Rise of Skywalker. It's the end of the saga. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for thank coming you. on you know, the studio. I love talking Star Wars. Chilling out with us. That's Sam Noir. Hey, Sam Noir online on Instagram. He's on a bunch of shit. You can check out also Cauldron Magazine, which is one of Sam's babies. I got a little part in there. You should all check the that out. Also, that's uh, right, Dweller in the Cellar. Also coming up this uh, Sunday, December 15th, Burlington, Ontario, Holiday Inn. It's the GTA Comic Con. I'll be there with Source Point Press. Come on and pick up some of the finest independent comic books in the land. But as for now, kids, that is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Take it easy.